Hey everybody, thank you for taking time to listen to this message. I pray that it's a blessing to you. And I want to remind you today, no matter what's going on in your life or around the world, the Lord Jesus loves you. God has got everything under control. And cheer up, friend. Jesus is soon coming. May the Lord Jesus bless you and keep you. God bless you. Romans chapter number eight. We uh, have Brother Josh Florence and his wife here with us this morning. They are missionaries to Papua New Guinea. I have known Brother Josh for several years, um, going going back before I was even married, and um, they had one kid at the time when I first met him, and um, now I have gotten married and um, beat them in kids. <laughs> and um, so he's going he's gonna to be here all day and be here tonight and um, presenting the work that God has called him to do in and, and, um, Papua New Guinea. So I encourage you to be back here tonight to um, listen to what God has called them, them to do. All right, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18. We looked at this last week, but I want to pick up reading in this. Verse number 18 down through verse number 27. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18 says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subject, subject the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit to the Spirit, even our Selves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we, for that which we, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should, we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In this, these verses that we've read, 18 down through verse number 27, we see that Paul is dealing with the very real problem of suffering and with pain. And there again, as we looked at last week in verse number 18, Paul makes this statement. He says, for I reckon, and that word reckon is a bookkeeping term. He's, he's considering all the, all the things that are going on. And he has come to a, a clear conclusion. And that conclusion is this. Is again, as we looked at last week, that what we go through here is not to be compared to with the glory which is to come, which shall be revealed in us. And so while there is pain and loss and suffering and 
heartbreak, etc., all those things that that we we uh, experience down here. While we're here, we see that that it is no no doubt about it that all that us that are saved are are used to use the word that Paul used, groaning. But not only is those uh, us that are born again groaning, but we see that there's more groaning going on than just us. And so I, I looked up that word groan, and it it the the word groan means is an audible expression of anguish that's due to physical, emotional or even spiritual pains. And these groanings is, uh, shows a condition that is, that is painful. It's unsatisfying. It's a, sorrow, it's a sorrowful cry for deliverance from a, a torturing experience. And so as we, as we see what Paul begins to write under the inspiration of God, he, he first deals with the groaning of creation in verse number 18 down through verse number 22. We find in the book of Genesis as God began to create everything that we see, uh, when He created His creation, uh, when He looked at everything, He said, it is good. But now, and now as years have gone by and time has come and, and sin has entered into the world, uh, it is now instead of being good, Paul says the creation is now groaning. It, it, the creation is suffering and struggling for and longing for deliverance from the corruption that was placed upon it uh, because of sin. And the, the, the word creation refers to everything under man. It refers to the animal and plant and, and minerals. Uh, and so all creation is pictured as, as living and waiting expectantly for the day when the sons of God are going to be glorified. This, the word expectation in verse number 19 uh, brings to mind of, somebody, of someone standing on the edge of something, uh, on their tippy toes looking and, and waiting uh, to be able to see something. It is, uh, it is probably what we would think of when little kids are getting ready for, uh, for Christmas. Uh, I, I, this week, um, KK's mother called, um, called and said that there was going to be some boxes coming in from Amazon. I mean, they were going to be Christmas presents, not to open them in front of the kids. And uh, I think I was half asleep when she called or something, but I remembered that conversation. And uh, so sure enough, the other day, we was, uh, uh, KK had went to see one of her friends in Georgia and took the girls, and it was me and the boys at the house, and and um, Amazon truck comes up, uh, and um, so uh, I got the boxes, uh, and I there again, I'm not nosy, I just want to know what's going on. And um, I thought the first thing I thought was, what has she bought now? <laughs> Man. And uh, me and the Amazon person used to used to be on first day. Well, well at, in Mississippi, we didn't have these fancy Amazon trucks. The mail people had to bring the bring the Amazon packages, and uh, it never failed. Every day, like clockwork, they'd pull in the driveway, and uh, I, they'd honk the horn, and I'd think, "What has we bought now?" And, um, so um, he, anyway, I got them, and I thought, "What has she bought?" So I. I began to look at, I opened one of them, and as soon as I opened it, it hit me. This is Christmas. So I, I just put it kind of 
put it back down and didn't say nothing. And um, we do have a kid who is nosy. And Jasper is the one that's nosy. And I'd catch him. And so I, I, I knew that I'd better move it, so I took it and I put it on my dresser and, and in our room. And Jasper was getting dressed for church today. And Jasper said, Dad, is that Christmas presents? <laughs> I said, well, I said, I, I really don't know what it is. It's just something that comes from mom. And I, I began to watch him. And it, now my dresser's way higher than his. And he had, <laughs> just to see if he could. That, that's the idea Paul's given when he says the expectation. He knows, they know, they, the idea is knowing that something good is there. Just trying to catch a glimpse of it. Just trying, to, just trying to see what is, is really going on. So as we think about this creation groaning in verse number 18 down through verse number 22, the question could be asked, why is creation groaning? Well, the reason creation is groaning is simply, the, simply because of sin. When Adam sinned, he pulled creation down with him. We know Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So when sin came in the world, uh, it brought death. And so and we find in verse number 21, he makes this statement, the bondage of corruption. Now, we don't have time to turn here to these things, but you can uh, make a note of them and look at them later. But we see that it, after Adam has fallen and and God begin, God comes in into the garden and begins to uh, uh, deal with Adam. We find that there's some curses that are taking place. In Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 14, the Bible says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So there's a curse that's put on the animal kingdom. Not only is there a curse on the animal kingdom, but there's a curse on the mineral kingdom. Genesis 3, 17, And Adam said, and he said unto Adam, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. That's the reason why when you plant a garden, it's easier to grow thorns than it is peas. It's easier to grow, grow weeds than it is to grow roses because there's a curse on the mineral kingdom. But not only is there a curse on the animal kingdom and mineral kingdom, there's a curse on mankind. Genesis 3, verse number 19, In the sweat of, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread until thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast taken, from dust thou art and unto dust thou shalt return. The whole reason we have to work and the reason we have to labor is because of the curse that, is, that is, get, was put on mankind. And so we, we find that there's a curse that is placed upon all these, these three things. And this curse that is placed upon creation uh, has creation groaning for redemption. And there is a day when coming that when the curse... Uh, will be broken and will be done away with. And so creation is longing for that day 
That when that curse is going to be broken and the, the, the curse is going to be done away with. Not only do we see the curse, uh, uh, that of cre the, the groaning of creation, but in verse number 23 down through verse number 25, we have the curse, uh, or the groaning rather, of the Christian. Uh, so we find, we find in verse number 23, he says, And not only they, which is referring to the, uh, that of the creation, uh, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Here's this. Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now notice it does not say redemption of our soul because that's already taking place. That's already taken, taken place after a person gets saved. But it's the redemption of our body. So not only does creation groan, but the Christian is groaning. There's not a person in here that's been saved by the grace of God that at some time or another that you have not experienced this groaning. People say, I've heard people say, people say, well, you know, I, 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 I've never, uh, never wanted to wish my life away. Well, that, that may be true, but friend, probably the people that have that idea have not been to enough funerals. They've not said goodbye to enough loved ones. Remember one time I, I made a statement to, a, uh, to another, another person and uh, we, was, we was at a funeral and I made a statement, I said, boy, I just can't wait to heaven. And man, that person began to proceed to just rake me over the coals because I said, I could not wait to go to heaven. And listen, if you're one of these that every day you wake up, the bird just singing and everything's wonderful and everything's great, every day's payday, every day's Friday, and you just sing zippy to do dah day every day that you wake up and you're like Cinderella and the birds follow you around and sing to you, <laughs> glory to God. But us in the real world, there's a few, there, there's sometimes that we look at what's going on and we think, Lord, will you just come get us? Can you just can you just come on come on and get us and take us out of here? And I know there's much work to be done. I know that there's still souls that need to be saved. I know there's people who still need to be reached. I understand that, and we ought to be busy about doing that. But there's not a there's not a person that's right with God that's not longing to be where God is. So this not only is the creation groaning, but but the Christian is groaning. Many times we groan because of separation, whether it be whether that separation comes by sickness or comes by a tragedy. But but there again, it, it is all a direct result because of sin. Not only does a Christian groan because of separation, but the Christian also groans because of because of their own sin. And there again, notice the verse, the the, the phrase in verse number twenty three: the first fruits of the spirit. This is referring to the indwelling ministry of the, of the Spirit of God that takes place when a person gets born again. The Spirit of God moves inside of them and takes up residence in their heart. And what is the Spirit of God's job? It's the, it's the job of sanctification. What is sanctification? To make us less like ourselves and more like Christ. When a person gets saved, they begin to see sin as God sees sin. I remember when I was working with the youth at, at our home church, we had a, a young lady, she, was, uh, she, she lived a pretty rough life, uh, 
and uh, come from a real rough home life. And she got saved one Sunday, and um, she come back that Wednesday night, uh, and she said, "Well, Charlie, she said I need to, I need to talk to you." So okay, that's what what's wrong. And so we I, I went and got got my pastor, and then uh, his wife sat in, and she began to talk. She said, "Listen," she said, "I don't know what's going on." She said, "But something is wrong with me." And I thought, "Oh boy." She said. I want to do something that I've always done this week. And she said, when I did, she said, I had this most horrible feeling that I've ever had. She said, I just kind of shook it off, kind of shook it off and went on about my way. She said, then Friday night, she said, me and my boyfriend was going on a date and we was fixing to do something we shouldn't have done. And she said, Brother Charlie, she said, I had the most awful feeling come over me. I said, I tell you what you ought to do. I said, you ought to throw your hands up in the air and say, glory to God. Run you about three laps around this church. I said, because that's the Spirit of God teaching you and showing you what to do and what not to do. And listen, that's the job of the Spirit of God is to, is to help us see sin as God sees sin. God hates sin. God, God wants us to remove ourselves from sin. And so when the Spirit of God comes in the believer, the Spirit of God begins to show the believer the damage that sin does, the reality of sin. And, and, and so that believer wants to be set free from sin, but because we're still trapped in this mortal body, we are still battling with sin. Oh, but there's going to come a day when this body is redeemed, this body is done away with, and then we'll have not only a perfect soul, but we'll have a perfect body, and there'll be no more groaning because of sin. There'll be no more longing to, to get away from sin because that will be done away with, that redemption of our body. And so we see that just as one day creation will be delivered from the bondage that it's under, the child of God will also be delivered. Now in these verses, uh, there's a word here that if you're not careful, some people will use it to trip you up. And it is the word hope. Now just like I said uh, last week, uh, the, the Bible word reckon is not our, our southern term reckon. And nor is the Bible word hope our word for hope. When we think, when we use hope, we're thinking wishful thinking. We're wishful thinking, wishful wanting. I mean, I'm still hoping somebody somewhere will have pity on me and buy me a bass boat. I'm hoping that, but it's not come true yet. I'm waiting for either a rich relative of mine to, that I do not know I have to die, or a rich relative of my wife that she does not know to die, so that I can buy that boat. But reality of it is, is that's, my, that's our hoping. That's our wishful thinking. That's not what the Bible, when it talks about hope, that's not what it's talking about. When the Bible talks about hope, it's, a, it's, it's not wishful. It's not hope. It's not, it's not uh, thinking. But the Bible word hope means assurance. It's, it's an assurance based on conviction. And so it, it's, it's a settled knowledge grounded on the promises of God. And so when he talks about this word hope, there again, he's referring to knowing that it will happen. Paul would write this in 1 Corinthians 15, 49 through 55. As we have borne the, Im the image of the earthly, we shall uh, also bear the image of the heavenly. 
Now this I say, brethren, that the flesh, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we, all, we, we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So just as one day as the creation will be delivered from their groaning. Us too as Christians one day will be delivered from our groaning when the Lord Jesus comes. But then in verse number 26 to 27, we not only see the groaning of creation and the groaning of the Christian, but we see the groaning of the comforter in verse number 26 and 27. We see, notice in verse number 26, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. We see the aiding of the Spirit of God. That word infirmities means feebleness. It means moral frailty. The word helpeth means to sustain. It means to aid us in supporting. So we see the Spirit of God aids us. It helps us in our infirmities, our, our weakness, our frailties. But not only do we see the aiding, but we see the asking. Notice this, he says, For we know not what we should pray, for as we ought. Now listen, there's going to be times in your Christian life and there's going to be times in my Christian life that we want to pray. We know we need to pray. But when we pray, we don't know what to say. There's going to be times in your life and in mine that something is going to so rattle us that when we no, we need to pray. We want to pray, but we don't. We're, we're not going to know what to say. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever been there, been this in this time, or not. I, I can remember as a kid. I, my my aunt was a school teacher, and and uh, she drove a bus sometimes, and and we. She had picked me, I had to ride the bus for her so I could get home that day. And I remember um, they had just put a new cover in our little gravel road. And she told me, she said, Charlie, she said, when we get turned on our road, she said, go see, sit in the very back seat of that school bus. And when I go over this cover, to, said, it, it'll pick you up in the air. And, and I thought, well, that sounds like fun. And so we did, and uh, she hit that cover, and it put me up in the air. It sure did. And it was fun until gravity took hold, and what comes, goes up must come down. And I landed. Now, I was, a little, I was a lot smaller than what I am now. I know that's hard to believe. But I landed on top of the seat in front of me right here. And I, 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 can, I can remember knowing I needed help. I wanted help. 
But I could not holler for help. And the whole time she was laughing, having a good time. I was in foul shape. There again, I knew I needed help. I wanted help. But when I tried to call out for help, there's nothing coming out here. Because I had the wind knocked out of me. And there's sometimes in, your, in your, our Christian life that that's exactly what happens to us. We get the wind knocked out of us. And so just as creation is groaning and the Christian is groaning, we see the aiding of the Spirit of God, but we see also see the asking of the Spirit of God. That during those times that we have had the wind knocked out of us, and we know we need to pray, we know we want to pray, but we can't pray. Well, that's when the Spirit of God then does what we cannot do. And He then begins to make intercessions for us. Notice this phrase. With, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I tried to... Re- I, I, I looked at all types of different commentaries and different preachers that, that dealt with this verse. And, and very few of them even actually mentioned that last part. But I love what one writer made the statement. He said he wasn't for sure everything that that last thing in details. But he said, I believe this is what it is. That whatever the Spirit of God, whenever the Spirit of God begins to make intercession for us, when He begins to intercede, it's just too holy for us to know. So we find that it's too deep. It's too personal. It's too holy to be put into words. We see the aiding. We see the asking. But we see the according. Verse number 27. And he, search, he that searcheth the hearts. We know that it is God that searcheth the hearts. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There's been a few times that I've prayed that I, I've prayed outside the will of God. But there'll never be a time that you and I have had the wind knocked out of us and the Spirit of God begins to intercede for us that He intercedes outside the will of God. It'll be directly in line with God's will for us. So we see in these verses, not only do we see the creature, the creation groaning and the Christian groaning and the comforter groaning, they're all, all, all are groaning for the bondage that we're under at this moment to be broken. However, as we, as we see this bondage that creation is under and the, spirit, the, the child of God is under and the, the groaning of the Spirit of God, we need not faint in these, in these days and in these hours. The reason being, even though there's groaning, 
Even though that groaning represents trouble, it represents us in a position that we long to be out of. Even in, those, in, those, in that middle of that groaning, we have to remember this one thing, that God is working and God has a plan. That's what Romans 8, 28 and 29 is. It's God's, plan, God's working and God's plan. And notice what God's working is. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to His purpose. Now I think I've said this here before. I'm a diabetic. And I had a man tell me one time, he said, son, if it tastes good, spit it out because it ain't good for you. <laughs> I don't like just cocoa powder by itself. I, I, what, one time, one of our kids, we had some, some of that. And uh, they kept saying, I want it, I want it. KK said, no, you don't want that stuff. I want it, I want it. She said, you don't want just that? I want it. So finally, I said, give them a spoonful of it. You say, that's abusive. That's tough love. <laughs> it's been a few years and now one of them's asked for another spoonful. <laughs> I don't like raw eggs. Now, I know there's some bodybuilders that, that they drink that stuff and they let them old slimy things slide. I ain't, I ain't eating no raw eggs. Matter of fact, I don't even want it sunny side up. I want that thing, I want to make sure it's dead. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like just raw flyer. I ain't never went to a cabinet and said, boy, that flyer looks appetizing. <laughs> I ain't never went to, went to a cabinet and just poured me out some canola oil in a glass and just drank it. There's a few other great, but you gom all that stuff up. Y'all know what gomming is right here. No? You gom that stuff up and you put it in a pan and you let it bake in the oven for a little while. I like chocolate cake. <laughs> I don't like all the ingredients that goes into it by itself. But when you put all of them together, I like what comes out of it. And there's a lot of things in your life and mine that just together we don't like. But God says, if you'll give them to me, I'll put them all together and I'll make something good out of it. That's God's working. Only God can do that. Forget what preacher used to say, God can take a crooked stick and draw a straight line with it. That's God's working. Well, what is God's plan? It's verse number 29. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. God's working is that He takes everything that goes on in the life of the child of God, guns it all together and makes something good out of it. God's plan is that all that stuff that happens to the Christian, He puts it all together and His plan is, is that all those things that happen is to make that Christian less like Himself and more like Christ. I think I've told this story. You know, a preacher only has five or six stories. They just tell them over and over again. But I can remember, I was in a play one time and we was doing the little drummer boy. It was at Christmas time. 
And I had to be a shepherd and they, they had, your parents were supposed to make your costume and I don't know if Walmart still does this. It may, but I remember one day Mama picked me up from school. She said, we got to go get stuff to make your costume. So we went to Walmart and we went to the back to the fabrics place. She had done measured out how many yards of fabric she needed and she picked it out and they cut this big roll and rolled it up and paid for it. We went to the house and she opened this other thing up. And it, all it was was just a, just a little uh, paper envelope. It had some stuff stuck down in there. And she pulled out this real thin cardboard looking something. And she laid it out on that, that piece of fabric. And I thought to myself, what in the world is she going to do with that? And she began to cut off everything that did not look like that thin piece of cardboard. And you know when she got done, you know what it was? It was a vest. And I thought, how in the world did she do that? But that thin piece of cardboard was what? Pattern. And she followed that pattern and she cut off everything that did not look like that pattern. And that's exactly what troubles and trials, that's exactly what God does with them in the life of the believer. You know, a lot of times when you and I go through heartache, suffering, and we go through stuff that makes us groan, a lot of times it's not, it's not to punish us, but it's to make us more like Christ. That's God bringing out the scissors and beginning to cut off everything that does not look like Christ. God's plan is that all things work together for good. That's God's working. God's plan is that we be conformed to the image of His Son. And so God's two-purpose, two-fold plan is this. It's for our good, but it's also for His glory. Song leader, musician, come. There's going to be times when groaning takes place. At this very moment, we, we realize that the cre all of creation is groaning. I believe as the time comes closer to the Lord's return, it'll just get worse. We see that the Christian is groaning. And there again, I believe as the closer it gets to the Lord's return, the worse it will get. But we do have a hope in this groaning, and it is the hope is that, first of all, we're not left alone in it. We've got the Spirit of God that makes intercession for us. And then secondly, the hope is that of one day it'll all be over. And we will be with Christ. And so this morning, I, I don't know what trouble, what situation, what may be going on in your heart, and your life. And it may be something that nobody knows but you and God. But aren't you glad 
that we have the Spirit of God, that when we know we ought to pray, we know we need to pray, but we don't know what to say, that He can search the heart and intercede for us. Today, I, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you know Him as your Lord and your Savior? Life is hard enough as a Christian. Much. Dear friend, the most important question that you can answer today is this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I hope that the answer to that is yes. But if you don't know, would you reach out to me? I would love to talk with you and pray with you and show you in the scripture how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. My email is preachercharliemc at yahoo.com. Please reach out to me if there's any way that I can help you. Remember, Jesus loves you.